podcast 10. You are accepted, loved, and planned. The devil doesn't play fair. And I'll tell you, his deal is to put shame on you. And shame is not who God is or what he's about or, or what he, he doesn't lay that on you. No, God loves you and accepts you. But the devil doesn't play fair. So he endeavors to put fear and shame on you and shame will keep you hidden. Now, shame can be the result of things that have happened to us or things that we've done that we're ashamed of. Many times with young children, things happen in our little lives and we feel ashamed, like we're not enough, we're not good enough, we don't um, measure up to the other children around us. And, you know, um, we're coming into uh, a month called uh, Sexual Assault Awareness. And things that happen to us as children in, in terms of sexual abuse puts shame on children and they don't want to talk and they don't, they don't want to share and also fear, but also on, uh, young people. Well, people of any age, shame is right there waiting in the wings to come upon you. When I was a child, I lost my father. I was four years old. My father died. And I remember a birthday party. I'm guessing I was maybe five or six years old and I was in the backyard with all of my little friends sitting at a picnic table uh, about to have my birthday cake and we all had little dresses on and party hats and I heard one of the kids ask uh, another child where's your father and I heard it and I didn't say a word but I felt such shame because I didn't have a father and these kids did and I felt like I wasn't enough, like I was lacking, like there was something wrong with me. And it was something that I couldn't fix and I couldn't make the shame go away. There's so many children that feel shame because of something that happened in their lives that they had no control over. Let me tell you the basis for my statement that shame keeps you hidden. Back in Genesis, remember the Garden of Eden, and God said, don't eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Stay away from that tree. Well, wouldn't you know it, uh, the serpent came along, the devil in the form of a serpent came along and tempted Adam and Eve. Uh, Eve took the fruit, gave it to her husband. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then something happened. A big change in the Garden of Eden where they walked and fellowshiped with God. Big change. God came looking for them, said, where are you? And in the Bible, it says that uh, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. He was afraid and felt shame. And that's the initial fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, fear and shame. So when you feel like you're wrong, you don't measure up, or you, you know, something uh, 
that either you did or happened to you uh, was not right. I mean, God gives us a way out, which is called come to him and talk to him and ask him to forgive you and repent. But sometimes things just happen to us. And the devil tries to keep us hidden and keep us from knowing that we're accepted right now, right here, just the way we are. When I was mentoring young women, there was a, a night where we, we dealt with feeling accepted. Now, feeling accepted is the opposite of shame. And we sat on the floor, all of us, all the young girls and myself, and I sat across one of the young women facing her, and I said to her, I said, I stand in the place of the body of Christ, and I want you to know that we love you and we need you. And we receive the unique gifts God has placed in you. And you have a crucial position in the body of Christ. And we're incomplete without you. And tears roll down her face. And I say that to you too, listening to this podcast. We need you. We love you and need you. And as in the body of Christ, we're incomplete without you. When you stay hidden we're incomplete and we lose. We miss out on not having you here. In this group of young women, I looked around and each young woman was embracing those affirming words for herself. Each member of the body, including you, is wanted and needed. But most of us you know, myself included, have experienced rejection and abandon. And even now, I bet you could describe memories of feeling rejected and feeling left or feeling forgotten. That word rejection means to discard as useless or unsatisfactory. When, when we experience it, it makes us feel devalued. So, our focus today is to embrace our true value as one planned and created by God himself. Here's a key. God does not abandon you or reject you. He accepts you right now, just the way you are. And his arms are always open wide for you. He's always ready to embrace you when you come to him. Even if you've been running from him or ignoring him, when you return, you know, He's all ready to throw a party to celebrate your return because you're so beloved and so special to him. He wants you. God has given us talents and abilities, but our ability to grow in these talents is, it, well, it directly corresponds to our own acknowledgement and our own, of our um, individual self-worth. Our confidence grows with the realization that God accepts us. It's a really, it's a big deal. And this truth is so wonderful, it enables us to also embrace and value others. I want to say that our capacity to love others is wholly related to how much we love and accept ourselves. Jesus said, the greatest commandments were to love God with all your heart and to love people as you love yourself. So how we treat people, ourselves included, is determined 
by our own self-worth. And here's another key. Our self-worth is solidified in our hearts through believing God loves us and accepts us. Actually, our concept of self-worth is based on our believing our identity. And you know I'm real big on my on identity teaching and seeing ourselves through God's eyes. As, as we know who we are, and we believe our identity, as we know who we are in his heart, we find true value and self-worth. And only then do we really know how to live. And do we really know how to love other people? Do we really know how to have relationship with others and relationship with God? There is a direct corollary between how you treat others and how you see God. And how you think God feels about you. If you feel that God is, a, you know, like condemning you and a harsh taskmaster and angry with you um, and just really critical of you, then that's pretty much your stance towards other people, that you'll be harsh and, and critical and judgmental. And a lot of us have that with teachers in school. I mean, they may not be healed in their hearts in terms of where God is, and they say things to us when we're little kids or parents or other kids. And then that begins to uh, birth something in our, in our hearts. Like in my situation that I shared with you, I did not have any control over the fact that my father died. But I learned quickly that other children had fathers. And in some way, the message I got was they were better than I was and they were more loved. And they had that father, that loving father figure that I did not have. So in my little life, there was a big hole. And I felt that sense of really abandon and also rejection because of what had happened to me. But here's the deal is your value is not based on your performance or even your past experiences. Those are things of this world. And it's not based certainly on you being perfect and doing everything just right. No, it's your value is because of God's love. Your value rests on two basic truths that God planned you and he wants you. You're not an accident and God loves what he created and that's you. You're, you're not an accident and God was thinking about you and he created you. He literally thought you up. I mean, isn't that mind-boggling? He cares about everything that pertains to you, even to the smallest detail. He loves you more than anyone on earth could love you. So in my situation, not having a father, what God did in my life over the years is he began revealing himself as my father, as a good father, as a father who is always there, who's always with me, who loves me, who's always thinking about me. And all of the things that have happened to us in our lives that have, that have tried to tear us down and bring shame on us, God has a way of healing our hearts from bad experiences, 
from the verbal abuse, the sexual abuse, the mental abuse, the emotional abuse. He can heal our hearts in ways that no one else can. The Bible says that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And I'll tell you, when it came to a father figure, he healed my heart. He healed my heart and showed me the love of a good father. Because God created you with such profound affection, you are important to him. God sees you as a treasure. There's a place in the Bible that talks about, um, it's in Matthew chapter 13, actually, um, verses 44 to 46. And it says, the kingdom of heaven is like, is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So the merchant guy represents God the Father. And he places such enormous value on us that he sacrificed everything for us. You're of great worth to him. You are the pearl of great price and you're the apple of his eye. You're the prize, what he treasures most. And so many times, for so many of us, it's hard to believe that. But when you begin to posture in your true value, you become strengthened to believe it even more completely. So this is what I would ask you right now, is right now, out loud, say, I am valuable. I know, feels weird. Say, I am valuable. God loves me and accepts me. We're going to say a few more. Say after me, I am significant. I am God's temple. I have been redeemed and forgiven. God created me with purpose. He created me and designed me. Before I existed, his eyes saw me. I am no accident. I was planned. I am loved. I have gifts in me. Gifts that are in me complement the gifts in others. He carefully planned me, and there is no one else like me. I am God's treasure and I am the object of his love. Man, I know it feels really good, right? Okay, I, I just wanted to share that with you today, you guys, um, that you are accepted, and shame is a lie from the pit of hell to keep you hidden. God doesn't put shame on you. Yes, he convicts us, but he shows, he says it's always a way out. And that shame is not what God has for you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray for all those listening. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over shame, and I break it over the body of Christ. And Lord, I declare over the body that you are accepted, you are loved, and you're wanted. And we, as the body, need you. We accept 
the gifts inside of you and we need you. You are part of the body and you have a place. You have a home and you fit with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I love you guys. Uh, I will see you next time.